you're listening to The Tech Box. Hello and welcome to episode 67 of The Tech Box. I'm here with David Rich and my name is James Honeyball. Hi, Dave. Hello, James. Uh, you remembered your name then. That's I know. Good. That's always, it's always a good start. It's been uh, long since you've introduced yourself. I know. I know. How have you been? Lots to catch up on. Yeah, it's been a hard three months, hasn't it? You know, the, you know, lockdown UK and I, I, I'm very hesitant to use that because it does cringe on me. But um, it's been a very samey three months. Not much running on my part, you know, the odd injury here and there. I've been trying to take the time to heal, but um, also take the time to go mental <laughs> at the same time. So is that because you're you're so tempted to go mental running that you keep prolonging your injury? Because I know that I tend to do that with uh, little injuries that I get. Yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult to say no. You you imagine that you're Hussein Bolt or some uh, you know really good marathon runner, but yeah, and that you're going to lose all this fitness by not running for a week or two. And yeah, yeah, it's the yeah. mental game. It's the mental game. I did have a. I sort of could. I can sort of um, empathise because I've had an injury of my own which i don't think that is quite groin related but you know like i think i explain it as if you imagine that i had like an eight pack which obviously i don't (laughs) i seem to like sprain like the lower the lowest ab the lowest two the The lowest lowest two two packs got (laughs) sprained or something and and i think when it was it was like you know when it was like icy or slippery Mm. And my feet were sort of slipping around and therefore you needed those sort of that lower core strength to kind yeah. of keep your feet together. And I obviously didn't have that strength and um, it's sort of sprained it or stretched it or something. And it took, it's taken ages to completely get rid of that. Um, yeah. And I think that us all working from home sat at, you know, non-ideal conditions doesn't help uh, things like, recovering from those kinds of injuries and i think you kind of just make it worse by you know cricking your back and not doing much exercise generally i think what we take for granted by not being in offices is just moving around you know what i mean i can spend hours just sat totally idly at my desk (laughs) the chance the chance james the chance would be a fine thing i've been nursing that um you remember when i did the Okay, we did the Reading Marathon and, and you, you ran the last uh, furlong with me. <laughs> yes, yes. I've literally been l- n- nursing that injury since then. I think if you remember at the time, it was all strapped up and I hauled myself around. Well, I've just it, I've just moved that one injury around the body. It's yeah. literally moved from leg to leg and and all sorts. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Have you chased it fully out, or is it still? No, I'm 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 on reduced running at the moment, James, and and I've actually hurt me back as well. I'm, I'm just getting old. I'm like yeah. a walking advert for Voltol or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It is a little bit scary, isn't it? It's like if you imagine that you were like 15, no matter yep. what injury you picked up it would be gone in a week you know without yeah. without or probably a few days actually yeah the, the physio says you get i mean i'm not old by any stretch of imagination but um they they say you know i'm paying for the sins of my past you know um yeah which is scary because in my head i'm i'm 18 years old yeah uh, i'm clearly not well i should have an advantage then because i was fairly lazy when i was younger so mm. that should mean that i've got lots of um protection built in because i i 
wasn't big on exercise when I was a kid. Lots of miles left in you, James. Yeah, that's for sure. Did. You, I'll, I'll see you this summer in uh, Reading again. <laughs> yeah, well, yes, and I'll I'll probably do exactly the same distance that I did that time, which is uh, <laughs> you know the very final straight, so that I can at least sort of go up to the finish line. Although I wasn't cheeky enough to run through the finish line, I thought that might be uh, <laughs> taking the mic yeah. a little bit too much. It was good fun. Good fun. Saw you on the... Uh, anyway, 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 tech, James, tech. Yes, on to tech. So we've all been stuck in our houses for the last three months and um, I've uh, been playing about with a few things. Uh, do you want me to uh, start with my latest baby? Go on then. What is your latest acquisition? So the latest acquisition is a phone. So it's a classic tech, really. I the one thing that I wasn't sure is what's what your relationship with android is because it's a it's an android phone so i'm actually a cutting edge no i'm not um i do have an android phone i use it for my work sim card so it doesn't bother me on my iphone um i i'm using i'm using a huawei p smart 2019 that i got off i got got off off gav if you remember but um it's, it's it's ideal do you know what it's still up to date it still receives um security updates every every three months now i think so it's it's pretty modern and well I say modern, it's uh it's a pretty good bit of kit. So yeah. um for the price I'll I'll, I'll label it with the, for the price. Yeah. Okay. So it's not totally alien to you. It's probably fairly similar because no. this is a Xiaomi Mi Eleven. Mm. So it is their flagship. Um, there's lots of rumours going around about a uh, a top flagship, which would be the Mi Eleven. I think it's either Mi Eleven Ultra or Mi Eleven Pro. Uh, and I don't know if you've seen the rumoured pictures of that. It has like a little screen on the back camera cluster that so you can take better f- selfies. Um, I I haven't seen the pictures, but I'm ha- I'm aware of the debate that we all had um, about its merits. About having a little mini screen on it. Yeah, we compared it to the Sony Ericsson's of the day, if you remember. With the yes, little, exactly, uh, yeah. The yeah. practical solution of just having a mirror on there really is the sensible way to go, isn't it, really? Or a screen, because it is 2021. Yeah, it seems a little bit wasteful to put an entire screen on there just for uh, selfies. But I guess if it if it works, then why not? So I think the only difference between this upcoming super top-end Mi 11 Ultra or Pro is that they're going to put a... Uh, or they're rumoured to be putting a periscope zoom in there. Um, but I think the rest, of the, I'm presuming the rest of the cameras will be pretty much the same because the cameras in this are really good. Uh, so you've got a 108 megapixel uh, main camera. Um, but the good thing about that is that it's got really good optical image stabilisation on it because that's kind of the first thing that companies like Xiaomi drop when they try and make their phones super cheap. So this is a aliexpress special so it is 490 which is not exactly not cheap, cheap is it no no but it has got the very latest snapdragon uh soc and so it's got the snapdragon 888 and uh just a, a note on that which i assume is the um because of the chipset the 5g reception on it is crazy so right. in my house i generally don't get 5g reception i put my Vodafone SIM in this, and it's giving me a solid 5G connection. It's downloading at about 120 megabits. Now, if I put that Vodafone SIM into another phone, like my Pixel 5, it doesn't show um, 5G, and it gives me about 90 megabits. And I'm just wondering whether the Xiaomi has just got a slightly stronger antenna, 
and it's show it's a bit more keen to show a 5G logo mm. when perhaps it's not a genuine 5G signal. But anyway, the actual it's certainly faster. It's definitely getting a better signal, whether it's 4G under the covers or five genuine 5G. It's really really impressive, and that Snapdragon 888 I think really helps around the phone as well it's so fast and smooth so it's like the classic you know sort of um iphones have always historically been pretty good at maintaining a really smooth interface really responsive not dropping any frames when you're swiping around from screen to screen that's genuinely uh the iphone's big feature really is it's it's you get that real feeling of direct manipulation on the screen and androids tend to be a little bit of a league down on that do you know what i mean and they've always yeah. tried i think to make up for that just by throwing horsepower at it you know faster and faster cpus faster and faster gpus to try and get that smoothness in an android well this one has got a 120 hertz screen it's got a really high, uh, what do you call it, like sensitivity in terms of um, uh, the response, responsiveness on the screen. I think someone said it was like 480, but it's certainly higher than the 120 refresh rate. And you're just scrolling around this and it's as if you're playing about with an iPad Pro. It is so smooth. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's, I would say it's smoother than uh, my iPhone. Now, I know I've, Oof, iPhones plain. are still on 60 hertz, but this 120, you know, if you go into an app, you know, a Twitter, a Facebook, Instagram, and you just scroll down the feed, it's just buttery smooth at 120 hertz. Now, it'll drop one or two frames as it is obviously having to load in content if you do it fast. But if you're scrolling through a list that's been cached, so let's say you scroll down on Facebook, then you just sort of scroll up and it's all there. It is at 120 hertz, so smooth, so responsive, so consistent. So that's really, really compelling. It's not too big. I think it's something like 6.7 inches. I should really have the specs in front of me. But um, it does feel quite good in the hand in terms of uh, not feeling like a massive surfboard, which some uh, uh, Xiaomi's, I would say, are guilty of. Unfortunately, it doesn't have a headphone jack. does have a 3D blaster, uh, an infrared blaster. I always wonder why companies like xiaomi insist on putting this infrared blaster on their phones but not headphone sockets i would have thought headphone sockets would be used a little bit more than um infrared ir blasters but there we go um the one thing is quite nice is it's got a it's got curved sides but it's got very flat bottom and top so it's almost like that old sort of nokia design language that they had with like the n9 and the um the early windows phone where it would like be curved around the front and the sides and the back but it'd be squared off on the top and bottom it's really nice yeah i'm just looking on gsm arena they have that pu that really good sort of 3d pop-out thing don't they where you can spin it around i'm actually it's actually really good um it, it does look really nice i i it, it sort of flares up at the top doesn't it if you know what i mean and and at the bottom so it's sort of like uh it's i don't know it sort of bows top and bottom and there and the screen sort of sits in the middle it's like a, like a well effect yeah. I, I quite like it it's quite nice the glass bends both at the bottom and the top yeah but yeah. the screen itself goes off the left and the right and this is my big gripe with it so the screen itself 
is beautiful. But, but it's... Uh, Go on. I was going to say, I, I know what your gripe is, but the, this gripe only affects a sort of... Uh, only a sort of certain screen protector sort of person, to be fair. True. Yeah, that's a good point. So my gripe... I don't... I have a slight problem with curved screens because um, of the screen protector problem. You Essentially, it's very difficult if you've got a curved screen to get a flat glass screen protector on it. And if yep. the actual content of the screen... Uh, not just the glass itself, but the screen itself follows that waterfall edge, then, I mean, getting a screen protector on there, you might as well forget about it. Now, someone who goes completely naked screen protector-wise wouldn't perhaps be quite so bothered, although would you still be bothered by the actual screen content itself disappearing over the sides, or or are you not that bothered by that? Nah, not really, no. It, it would, as I said, it, it looks really nice. It looks really impressive. I don't think it would bother me whatsoever. I wouldn't put a screen protector on it. No. I would never notice any scratches or micro scratches or anything like that. Yeah. Um. So it, it wouldn't be an issue, really, to be fair. It, it just looks really nice. I yeah. believe one someone's once said it's nice to get a few uh, scuffs and rubs uh, in, in your no. life. It show, shows a bit of wear. Shows yes. a bit of wear. I don't mind that on... Bit the bits <laughs> that aren't haven't got screen content behind it, but uh, the other thing is it's not too heavy. Um, mm-hmm. Again, it's less than two hundred grams, uh, which I think is once you start going over two hundred, it is it does start to get a little bit heavy. Yeah, the the, the output of the cameras is pretty good. Um, it's kind of typical Xiaomi. It's giving you a fairly um, honest representation of. Um, the photos that it takes it doesn't over process them uh it, the, the, the camera is not as good as the iphone it's not as good as the pixel but you know what is and it gives a very very pleasing photo even if it's not quite as good as the uh, top end market leading uh, camera phones I, I was going to say so right from a iphone user and a sort of i'm not going to say normie but someone who just uses a phone generally as a phone now what makes a good android phone then because uh, this isn't cheap. It's not a cheap phone. Five hundred pound. It's it's a lot of money. Okay, and you can get yet yeah, you can get a uh, a cheaper version, one nine nine two nine nine. Any price point. What at the moment in twenty twenty one makes decent Android phone? Because I don't think it's processors anymore. I don't think it's RAM. Um, there's very minimum change now from Android iteration to the next. Cameras. It's a photograph. Do, do, do you know what I mean? What, yeah. what sets, why why this over something £200 less? So I think my instinctive answer would be uh, for it to fit into a, a specific use case. So let's say the Pixels, the specific use case is pretty much the camera. Yeah. Um, okay. My LGs, you could argue that the use case was kind of flexibility in terms of they have... They still have all the bells and whistles like SD cards and dual SIM and um, uh, headphone jack, obviously, with a really good DAC on it. Pretty good, um, pretty good cameras. So you've got a bit of sort of flexibility on that one. And I think are, are the are these real things though for for people walking well metaphorically into a phone shop doing their two year upgrade? Yeah. So if you're only are these get, things that are going to hit people? No, well, if you're only going to go for one phone which obviously most people do i guess people just want the nicest screen maybe uh that they can view their content on and that it's not it's fast enough that doesn't frustrate them when they're moving around the uh 
the interface. And I think um, these days, uh, most mid-range uh, Androids are fast enough, aren't they? They're not too laggy. So maybe it really would be all down to the screen. Now, the screen on this is is fantastic. But that's yeah, all I've, nice. always, I've always felt that that's where Samsung um, have their main advantage because the Samsung screens are always so good. That's I think that's why they sell so many because they're so compelling, those uh, gorgeous AMOLED screens. Um, you you have one of those sat next to, you know, what might look a fairly dull LCD, no matter how good the LCD is, it tends to look a little bit dull next to these Samsung OLEDs. And that tends to be, I think, what why um, Samsung, you know, got such a foothold in the market, really. But yeah, I yeah. Think for, for, for me, it's I always if, I've, if I'm looking at an Android phone, I always look to it to provide a unique selling point to me. And it's why um, I know that there's a few people that we know that got the Mi 10T Lite in recently, um, which is a very, very nice phone. And to be fair, most of us have kind of sold our Mi 10T Lights on, but it just None, nothing in it was remarkable. Do you know what I mean? It was just like a really good budget phone that would be really useful for someone who wanted a phone on a budget, but it it didn't have any feature that was better than another phone that I might have. You know, obviously I've just got loads of phones lying around, but it didn't beat all of those phones or any of those phones on any one particular measure. So uh, I ended up uh, selling my one on of that. But this one is a little bit of a, of a dilemma because it is it's a bit more of a flagship. Do you know what I mean? And it's it's could replace my main phone quite easily. Yeah. Apart from the screen, the other slight minor niggles are the it, the curved corners of the screen are too loose. They're not tight enough. I I like my corners if they're going to be curved for them to be fairly tightly curved. This is kind of quite a big curve in the corners which i'm not 100 keen on and the fingerprint sensor is okay but it takes a little while to open you know one one and a half seconds maybe or a good second which you know when you're using uh phones like a pixel or something and you use the fingerprint sensor it's like pretty instant to uh to get it to open these in-screen ones never seem to be quite as good as the uh discrete ones and this one certainly isn't quite as super quick it doesn't feel as quick as the one that was on the p30 pro for instance yeah i had a samsung a51 for a couple of weeks back in february i think okay or time just molds into one and yeah. that was a, a under screen fingerprint sensor um i'd say it worked okay but it wasn't ideal it, it didn't it didn't feel satisfying it didn't feel like it was going to be reliable no um, but it, it it did it it, it wasn't like um, an iphone se sort of thing or uh, in, do you know what i mean the older touch id devices yeah where you knew you put your finger on that it was instant yeah it, yeah. It, yeah it it felt just a bit hit and miss even though in reality it was probably fine to be fair um so i, I totally get what you what you're saying with that so i know i know that, not, go on no, I was going to say, what Android would I get if if it was if if I had to go Android all in? And I'm just sat here thinking I like Samsung, so I'd probably go Samsung S21. But anyway, I don't think you yeah. could go I, wrong with that. I mean, I was certainly no. I was always certainly tempted with the they called it the S20 FE for fan edition. Do you remember mm. that one? Only because yeah, yeah. they they explicitly put the flat screen on it. Um, and they'd kept the internals pretty 
uh, up to date on it. And that just sort of was an attractive proposition to me. I, I never ended up getting one, but if one, if it gets cheap enough, I might get it because uh, I'll come back to Samsung's when I talk about something else later on. And um, there's a few features on a Samsung that really are quite good. Personally, I would still probably prefer the Pixels. Uh, yep. I do find them uh, a little bit more delightful to use and the cameras are always top notch and that kind of gives it that brilliant usp but the pixels have always suffered by not having the premiere screens on do you know what i mean um yeah. they've always it, that's always held them back a little bit but um i can just about live with well the pixel 5 screens is not bad uh it's uh it's not samsung level but it's not bad it's a it's a fairly nice uh AMOLED that goes at 90 hertz and it's pretty it's pretty smooth and I think it makes quite a compelling package the um, Pixel 5 I think it's a nice phone I think I just stopped looking to be fair James and I don't think it's lack of interest because I'm, I'm still interested in phones I'm still interested in tech but I was having the chat with the wife today that I, I'm more than happy with the iPhone 12 Pro I know I'm saying that from but someone who is the latest, the latest yeah, generation. Exactly. I know, I know, I know. But she was saying she's more than happy with her iPhone 11. And we, we sort of likened it to a, a car. You don't spend, you know, thousands of pounds on a car, thousands of pounds on a new car every year. It's got to the point where you'll make that initial investment now. And, and I, I know, I know I've got a form for this, but I, I think, I don't think I'm, I'm going to change it. I think it's a perfect form. It's it's lovely the way the way it feels in the hand. I don't use a case the majority of the time. It just feels durable. It feels like nothing's going to stop it for the next two or three years. And the the only thing that you would ever have a concern about is battery life. And you can get Apple to change that for you anyway. Yeah, I I know I'll probably be saying something different in a year, but I think it's reached a level of maturity. Like you spend a lot of money in it every three years, say every two or three years, you lay out thousand pounds plus on a really nice phone and say, right, this is what is going to take me through. And and I, as I said, I'm not disinterested in technology because I really like technology. And I look at Android phones and I go, yeah, that, that's really nice. If I had to have one phone and it was a it was a pick, I'd go for that one. So I I, I do appreciate it. Um, I just I I just think. And more that let's buy the BMWs, buy the Mercedes. A really bad analogy because they're, you know, people like their car brands. But buy it in one go, and then use it until yeah. it's not functional. Yeah, and to be honest, my main phone is still my iPhone 11 Pro. Yeah, and you did what I wanted to do. I'm I'm pretty envious of that. I am. I wish I'd have done that. Although I am really happy with the form. I, I didn't massively like the curved sides and the slippery feel because I didn't, again, I d- tended not to use a case. Um, so I feel I've got the best of both worlds now, but I would have really liked to have kept to the 11 Pro and, and used that and not, not really trade, not really got rid of it. Yeah, I told you they sent me a new one when I sent it back for a, what I perceived to be a slightly blown speaker on it. They sent me a completely new one. Oh, presumably refurbished but essentially a completely new one with a a brand new battery so uh, i've been using that the battery's already down to uh 97 so i think um capacity of 97 percent. so obviously the way that i use it is it does exercise that battery fairly well and uh, start wearing it pretty 
pretty well. I think the the other one got down fairly low as well. So, yeah, my use case, the way I use it, obviously uh, puts a little bit of a strain on that battery. But you know, if a battery lasts a year, a year, and then you just get it changed, uh, it's not too expensive to get it changed for, from Apple, is it? So it works out all right. I would love to know the algorithm that does this battery because. I, I have a hard time believing some of the stats that are out there and some of the use cases because this one, this, this 12 Pro that I've got at the moment is still 100%. I've had it since launch. However, the 11 Pro that I had, again, went down quite rapidly like yours. And my use case hasn't changed. Um, and is there, does, is there a noticeable difference if you use it on, um, wireless charging or if you plug it in or does the has the battery management done anything because yeah. we know richard richard is um known for his um hundred percent after like six years of device ownership however that can't be the case it's not physically possible to be a hundred percent after six years it can't be even if you left it on the charger that can't and, and kev kev with the iphone se perfectly proved that it lasted maybe about two hours, but it said it was 100%. So what, however Richard manages his devices, he keeps that algorithm at 100% yeah. when, in fact, the battery's going down. So I'd love to know the, the mechanics behind it. Well, I, really I, could only, I could only assume that that battery health is not just a, an algorithmic estimate. I assume it does it based on uh, how much juice get sucked out the battery uh for each charge and then so it's the actual physical characteristic of the battery that's being measured rather than um just a guess at how aged it is but it recalibrates so to my understanding it does that recalculation every software update okay so it's not doing it constantly it's not monitoring it and saying oh it's gone down now my my knowledge of it and it may be totally flawed but when while as part of the update process it recalibrates that and then that's set for that duration. Um, whereas co- if you use a software like Coconut Battery on the Mac or something like that to read the iPhone, you can get two totally different metrics. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's one of them. That I'd love to know what, how they're working it out and when they're working it out and the intervals that it works. Do, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just fascinating stuff. Okay. So I think both of us are still enjoying our Mac Minis. We both got the Mac Mini M1s. Yep. Now, <laughs> enjoying is a special word. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm using mine now. It's completely replaced my old Mac Mini. I got a, a good price when I sold that uh, secondhand, that old Intel Mac Mini. Went to a very happy customer. Um, so this base M1 Mac Mini is, is, is absolutely perfect for me. Now, I do have problems that i think are fairly similar to you in that um, the monitor multiple monitor support on it is a little bit um erratic naff 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 i think is a very very good word so they they have made progress so you know where we used to get the green sort of flashing bits on the screens that that was addressed that has gone but i would say 75 percent of the time if I wake up the monitors, so I, I don't put the Mac Mini to sleep. I just allow the monitors to time out. Mm. The Mac is not sleeping; it, it's on. It's it, it, you can you can talk to it over the network. But if you were to wake the monitors, I would say probably eight times out of ten, only one monitor comes back. Okay, and I can. It's the, the configuration I have is so I used to get the green bits, 
And yeah. that was because I had one plugged in by HDMI and I had one in an Apple USB-C to multi-port adapter, which had the a- a- HDMI on. So effectively USB-C or Thunderbolt 4 or whatever they were calling it today yeah. to um, HDMI. That caused green bits. So I replaced the direct HDMI feed with a HDMI to DVI adapter. Again, Apple. And that solved the green bits. Okay. Right, yeah. Eight, eight times, I'd say... Eight times out of 10, I'd wake it up and I'd only get one monitor. And that was the HDMI to DVI adapter monitor. The USB-C to HDMI would not wake up. I could unplug the HDMI from the USB-C dongle and plug it back in. Nothing. Unplug the USB bit from the actual Mac unit and plug it back in and it comes back. Yeah. If, If I'm down one monitor and I do a restart, I don't get it back. I have to physically unplug it. Yeah. So new tactic is I've gone back to the old setup now that the green blinking bit's finished and replaced that. It's just a nightmare. It is an absolute nightmare. This is a machine that supports two monitors. How can it be so hard? Yeah, they're not great. They're not great at this, are they? Uh, My tip to you, which I gave you a couple of days ago, was tell the Mac Mini not to put the monitors to sleep. But it's in a Uh, bedroom. Yeah, so you just have to turn the monitors off physically and the Mac Mini will still be... Um, that's terrible i know that's terrible though isn't it it's pretty much the only way i found to um get any semblance of stability with these uh mac minis and the monitor support but why aren't people screaming screaming about it i don't know i mean i make it difficult because i put both monitors through a kvm so if there's a little bit of pernicketiness i can kind of forgive that because i'm sort of stretching it a little bit by going through in each monitor going through a kvm but it's certainly i don't have these problems on my windows machines do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. it's only on uh, Macs. i've cruised the forums james and it it does seem to be massively common with um well with all mac minis really yeah. and n- no difference really with the m1 mac if anything it's worse with the m1 mac yeah than, than, it, than it has been i mean um, i used i used to get these problems when i was doing hackintoshes um yeah and I just put that all down to it being Hackintosh itself, you know, i.e. You're, you're doing stuff that you shouldn't be doing. But in reality, it sounds like it probably was MacOS rather than the Hackintoshness, if you sort of get my point there, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like no matter how many settings and, and you know, texts and things that I uh, managed to uh, refine, I perhaps would never have been able to get it as bulletproof as, uh, as Windows somehow manages to get it. You know, we all... Uh, prefer macOS generally for being a little bit nicer to use but one area where windows does seem better is like peripheral support and you know monitors i'll put in that bucket and yeah i've never had a problem like this with uh with uh, any of the windows machines that i use i think that a big issue of this one is i think there is only one thunderbolt bus in these m with the m1s and i yeah. think that's why that's why the airs and things can't utilize two monitors because if i plug in two usb-c to hdmi dongles you know the, even the apple bought ones it only sees one because there's only one thunderbolt bus if that makes yeah. sense you can you can have one monitor on it and then the hdmi is the second so what i would like to think is that if when they release these m1x's they're going to scale that up with more thunderbolt buses or even the M2. Yes. So th- yeah. theoretically, you shouldn't get this problem where the computer is going, what the hell is going on here? Um, who knows? 
No, I do Who expect. Um, I do. I definitely expect the new. What do we? What do we think it's going to be called? M one X or M two? Whatever they come up with the new uh, machines this year with. Uh, I'm assuming that they'll support four USB four ports, Thunderbolt ports on the back, and um, yeah, I don't know whether they'll do a like a Mac Mini Pro with four Thunderbolts on the back, but uh, I think they'll certainly. Um, be doing obviously the 16 inch macbook pro and the maybe the rumored 14 inch macbook pro with the four usb4 thunderbolt ports on there that would make my 16 inch a unicorn wouldn't it literally the only intel 16 inch ever made yes yep yeah i mean i don't know whether that helps me with my constant turmoil that uh, i have around keeping it getting rid of it or, well, or you know the only thing I would say there is that definitely now you need to wait to see what yeah. the uh, the next wave of Macs brings because there could be some nice, interesting uh, devices there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The, the functional, logical Dave Rich says you have a laptop, it works, it does laptopy things. Why get another laptop to replace yeah, said laptop? Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least wait for the new ones to come out because, the, you know, I know that you were debating getting an M1 Air, which is a lovely Air, laptop, yeah. but you've waited long enough now. You might as well wait for the new round of machines to come out and see what see what they're like. Uh, I also get the feeling that the M1s won't age well. That they'll be uh, like um, like the iPad, like the early iPads or the iPad Twos. That yeah, they were good, but they made so many leaps from then. That, 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 you know, changed the design, added this, added that, that the early M1s, that whilst they are functionally good, they might lose support that little bit quicker simply because they don't support some of the stuff which came quite quickly after them, if that makes sense. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I think my bet was always that the next generation of Macs would have touchscreens. I'm nah. maybe rowing nope. that back a little bit now. Um I'm not 100% sure that they will, and therefore I'm not sure that the M1s are necessarily going to be completely outdated. Do you know what I mean? The kind of, the silicon that they put in there was fantastic, but it was probably the silicon we expected them to, basically a souped up iPad chip. Yeah. The question still remains... What? How far can they push that architecture? Do you know what I mean? I'm sure they can now. It's, they've kind oh, of persuaded yeah, I, me they can, but yeah. um, it'll just be interesting to see how they do it and, and what it looks like. You know, I mean, if they bring a new uh, chip out this year and it's like twice as fast as the M1s, then people like Intel have really got a problem, haven't they? Yeah, I, I just battery envy. That's all. It's just the battery on this 16 yeah. inch. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, abysmal if i'm honest um it isn't it isn't abysmal because i don't go anywhere so (laughs) realistically i don't go anywhere that i can't get power so why is that such an issue for me um it's just you can sort of see it ticking away as you're doing anything if that makes sense i've I've run i run a software piece of software called what is it that i run um turbo boost switcher pro Uh, i think we've both heard that mentioned on atp it effectively it disables the turbo boost on the Intel chip. So it keeps it running in the slow, well, the, the, the stock speed, if that makes sense. Okay. And, does that, um, and I guess that doesn't really affect performance too much and you get a bit more no, extra no. battery life. Yeah, it does. And I also use, what else do I use? I use a the graphics switching 
uh, application that stops it from switching through to the dedicated GPU. Because what I found was things like Chrome, they'll switch to the, de- the dedicated GPU over the in, 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 yeah. uh, onboard Intel one. And there's absolutely no need for that. Um, so you, again, you can control that. And that, that drastically improves the battery. Oh, I mean, honest. it's nice that you get a, uh, a big laptop with a discrete graphics and uh, a snazzy CPU. And Don't then use you it. cripple the CPU and uh, <laughs> tell it not to use the external uh, graphics card. Exactly. MacBook Air. I just need a MacBook Air with a 16-inch screen, effectively. That's all I need. Well, that was... I, I like the screen size. I, I, it was a rumour that didn't necessarily persist, but I did hear that they were going to do a bigger screened uh, Air. That's not really come to pass, but uh, it might do. That, there might have been something in that rumour. I think I would suffer with a smaller screen. I really would. I do like... Um, the, the bigger screen aspect ratio. And a lot of the times I do even run it one step higher than what the OS allows with the third-party software. Um, so I, I would miss that. Yeah. So I think that would be my major downfall. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you wanted to mention Apple Music. How's that going for you? Yeah. On my runs. So uh, I wear the Beats Pro. Don't I wear the Beats and I wear the watch when I'm running and stuff. And I usually listen to podcasts, but I've actually been using Apple Music a lot more now, to be honest. Um, it, I find I run a little bit faster with a beat. Uh, and I've been listening around the house because generally it cheers me up a little bit, James. And yeah, at the moment, yeah, we yeah. all need a little bit cheering up. And it, it's just nice. It's a nice interface. I like the fact that I can actually have a little sing-along in my head because I can read the words. Um, it's just growing on me. It's, it's, it's odd because I've got a YouTube premium account. Um, so therefore I can listen to all the music on YouTube, but I just, I find that interface a bit, a bit rubbishy. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I think it's the words. I think it's the words that really, really help. I mean, the app on the laptop's not brilliant, but certainly on the iPhone. We call them lyrics, don't we? Is that what they are? The words. Yeah. The karaoke words, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Go on. I'll give you that one. Do you use Apple Music or what do you use? I use the Apple Music app because I use um, iTunes You're Match. a dinosaur? Yeah. Uh, but I don't... Because I'm the same as you. I subscribe to YouTube Premium and therefore I get YouTube Music, which isn't brilliant. But if it's just a case of wanting to listen to a bit of music that I don't have in my library, then it does the job. Do you know what I mean? So my library only ever consisted of friends music libraries and people who I came into contact back in the day with hard drives yeah and they got theirs from LimeWire and that used to be my library it wasn't a very good library nine half of it was rubbish and, and not my taste and I, I, I can't understand why people store music like that I really can't not when you can have access to anything you want uh, at all I curated playlists the the lot why store your own music and limit limit your imagination to what you've thought of? I think this is where I, you know, what what defines like an old fuddy-duddy when you were younger. Yep. Now I'm an old fuddy-duddy because I do like to have my own music that I own. And albeit it's just a, a bunch of files, uh, I quite like <laughs> but you that. But don't, you don't know what you don't know. So oh. all this potential other stuff that you're missing out on because you're just keeping yourself blinkered to what you have. But I still listen to new music via uh, YouTube music or uh, when I had Spotify uh, or Tidal, those were all the services are not bad at recommending 
new music to you based on what you're listening to. But Would you go out and buy it then? Yeah. That's if the, you liked it? Yeah, I, I tend to do that, oh, yeah. I know it's weird, isn't it? You, I can't what, break... What are you actually paying for? A load of ones and zeros? I think that uh, it's that it just... basic tenet that if you stop subscribing to Spotify or Apple Music or whatever, you have nothing. Well, you'd get it somewhere else, wouldn't you? Yeah, but you always have to be subscribing. And I know you're ever like... going to be in a position that you you're unable to subscribe to anything, yet you have electric. Are you electric? You know I mean? But you can't afford the ten quid a month for Spotify or whatever. That, you, you you can afford to have a something to play the music on. You can afford to have your little hard drive that you're clutching to the grave with you. Yeah, you can be in the mid. You you've got no electric in the house, but by God, you can play your little files off your hard drive but you can't subscribe to a music service. Yeah, I think that's, that's the fear, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, each, each their own, James, each their own. I, I, I get it, I get it. That's probably a very arrogant way of looking at it, to be fair. But I think it's come down to such a level now that if you can afford the infrastructure to hoard yeah. these bits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not cheap. Hoarding is not cheap. Uh, no, it's not. As it's I think not. we probably both know from having <laughs> Nazis. Um, yep. You know, it's expensive. The electricity hoarding is ex- and yep. the cost of discs. It's actually quite expensive to own your own digital stuff. I think that yep. that's going to move me on to the next thing that I was going to talk about. So uh, a couple of years ago, you know, I'm into my um, home theatre PCs. Yep. So a couple of years ago, I bought a network TV tuner. And okay. like all classic purchases... It kind of <laughs> didn't get used straight away. I kind of got distracted and it kind of yeah. just sat on a shelf for, I think it was a couple of years. And it's the Silicon Dust HD Home Run, which I wouldn't... Can I, can I, can I, can I just interrupt you one second before it. you tell us your story? This reminds me very much of a 17-year-old Dave who th- who went out and spent a one whole week's pig farm working wages, about £125 at the time on a on a Win TV card and never used it. So nice. <laughs> Maybe carry on. <laughs> something inherent about TV cards that uh, has got that. But I think, um, you know, I, I like my uh, HTPCs and I, I kind of have had like little PCs sat, you know, in the living room with a TV card and it be a, a um, satellite card. I've preferred the satellite cards generally, um, but the you can get the aerial uh, cards as well. So DVB. T and DVB-S between, uh, you know, the normal uh, aerial and uh, satellite signals that you plug into them. Um, Now, this network one is interesting because it integrates really nicely with Plex. Yeah, I was going to say that. So we both uh, like our Plex servers. And basically what happens is you plug this network um, TV capture card in or network tuner, and it's about the size of... Oh, something really small. What is it? Uh, maybe like a really, you know, the old, uh, like, a, like a Roku, basically. You know, like the old Roku yeah. boxes. So kind of like 10 centimetres by 10 centimetres, you know, really only big enough really to plug in a, a network um, connector, plug in a aerial connector and plug in a power connector. It's not much bigger than that. And um, it's got four tuners in. It only needs one aerial connected, but it's got four tuners in there. And those four tuners are then available to Plex. 
and Plex has got like a little additional bit of functionality on it where it'll give you a TV guide and it'll give you uh, the ability to view kind of Netflix style all of the TV programs that are coming up, all of the films that are coming up on terrestrial broadcast. And then it will, if you say, okay, I want to record this uh, film, it will record the film uh, locally onto your Plex server uh, over the network. So if you break the network, unfortunately, that breaks the recording, um, which is a little bit annoying, but most of the time my network is is pretty stable. Um, <laughs> Call out those emergency engineers in the middle of the night. Yeah, you would have to, wouldn't you? You would absolutely <laughs> have to. Um, so it, it works really well because it obviously integrates with Plex's metadata. So you get a really rich browsing experience with all of the poster art and all of the synopsis and details of all the TV programs that you're looking at. Um, and of course, it records it in an open format that allows you to, you know, if you wanted to, you could copy it to an SD card and, you know, watch it on your tablet and all the rest of it. And that kind of goes back to my desire to hoard discrete music files. You know, I like the idea of having discrete TV files. You know, if I've recorded a series, I like the idea that I can watch that at any time. I'm not beholden to it being in a licensing window on Netflix or Amazon or wherever. Do you know what I mean? Um, the one thing that I will say about it is it's just highlighting to me that standard definition now is completely unacceptable. You know, it has to be a at least HD. You know, I'm someone who likes their surround sound and likes um, their HDR movies and TV and all the rest of it. I can just about stand HD, but once you drop below HD uh, to SD, it's just, it's almost unwatchable. Do you know what I mean? And the channels that are broadcast in the UK, they're all highly compressed over the aerial. Do you know what I mean? They're all highly compressed, to be fair, over the satellite as well. Over the um, satellite, yeah. Then the... So you record something on a SD channel and you, you basically can only watch it on a uh, a mobile for it to be watchable now that's handy because plex works very well on the mobile but what i've actually done is pretty much only um enabled the hd channels on the terrestrial lineup so bbc one two bbc four uh itv channel four channel five um and i think bbc news is in um hd as well so yeah. pretty much... Oh, no, and Quest HD, which is this channel that shows the championship football on. So basically... And Dave, because there's unique contact on content on Dave and they don't um, broadcast their HD channel free-to-air. But those are the only channels that I've kind of got set up. But it works really well with those. Um, so, okay, Here, here's my problem with your solution here, your over-engineered solution. Yeah. Okay, and I, I understand what you're trying to do. I really do. So... What you're trying to do is SkyQ model, yeah, where uh, you can record what you like, but however you can archive that, you're yeah. not uh, subject to Sky's DRM or whatever on their box. Yeah. I get that. My model, okay, which doesn't involve a network tuner uh, having to restrict everything to HD, my model is if I like something, I will just buy the series. Yeah. How, why, why are you but overthinking would, the problem? I would resent buying... I, I have done, but I would resent buying a series that has been on free-to-air TV. But think, 
Yeah, but think of the money that you spent on the infrastructure oh, yeah, that, no, to record, it, to record yeah, yeah. it for free when you could have just purchased it. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, <laughs> and I do, I, uh, well, that, okay, we'll come on to one interesting <laughs> point. So one thing that I've noticed is that a lot of TV is not sold in Blu-ray format. So for instance, um, like the classic one is like The Family Guy and American Dad. You can only get that in on DVD. You can't get that on Blu-ray. And the tragedy of, of that is that they've started selling uh, Family Guy with the American uh, DVDs. So they're not even doing UK, um, you know, PAL 576p uh, transfers. They're doing, they're just giving us the 480p transfers from America. Now, 480p for Family Guy is okay if you're watching it on a TV that really intelligently scales it up. You can scale up animation if you're you, if you've got a very good scaler in your TV. It will actually um, it will recognise that it's it's line art <clears throat> and it will blow it up quite intelligently. But you know, for instance, Succession, a brilliant series that's actually on Sky, so you can't record it off a TV anyway. But um, they sell the first season of that on Blu-ray, but the second season's only on DVD. So I have I have those two things, but um, I've only got series two in rubbishy SD quality, and it's it's terrible. Do you store all your Blu-rays off-site then in a fireproof container? Uh, you know, unfortunately, what, what? not. <laughs> I mean, um, you 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 you're buying dinosaur bones effectively, aren't you? I mean, what, I mean yeah. VHS. Do you have VHSs? Do you have no, but, Do you know what? Do you play them? I, I was never really massively into VHS. I, I think even young me recognised how rubbish VHS was. What, I never indulged What's it. next after Blu-ray? Well, I, I'm big on my 4K Blu-ray. Yeah, but what's the next media type? Well, I think that's going to be the last of the final... That's going to be the final of the physical media anyway, isn't it? That's what they're saying. Um, I don't think they've got any 8K Blu-ray lined up at all. So I'm I'm guessing then because these uh, physical objects they could be destroyed by bit rot in twenty years time and or a house fire that you're obviously putting them all on your Plex server. Yeah. Yep. And I'm guessing you've got UPSs on your Plex server now. I don't. After we no. last time we spoke. No. Oh, oh, shocker. I know. I know. <laughs> I've got two UPSs for no reason, and they've got stickers with the battery dates on that I've put them on. That's very so, good. Uh, That's very good. Yep. I, I've just been, saying. Yeah, I have been lucky with lack of uh, UPS. I have to say, um, lightning lucky, has not yeah. struck once yet. So I, I had a prolonged power outage, and I was very excited. It, it put my disaster scenario into action. And I, I, you know, they say that you don't find the pitfalls until you test. Yeah. So. Obviously, the whole server rack and everything went into its its shutdown mode because I have the, it all set to, after five minutes on UPS, let's shut down the servers and and turn them off. Yeah, because yeah, I'd, lovely. I, yeah, I don't want to don't want to crash. I could have had a fair bit of the the on, the only thing I didn't plug into the UPS was the router. <laughs> so I lost power and I lost the router and I lost network connectivity. So. Um, Everything else worked perfectly fine, but it, it just annoys me that I had this perfect test scenario and I didn't even, and the one bit that could have kept, you know, internet because the power comes from the exchange, doesn't it? Yeah, I um, think you can survive uh, with ADSL if you've got, um, 
if you have a power cut. I'm not sure whether that would work with cable modems or not, but uh, yeah. yeah. In theory, you could have kept your Wi-Fi up, yeah. And I could have connect network connectivity to the servers as well via the mobile device or the, or the laptop. Um, so yeah, but I had a perfect storm, uh, James, and it, it worked very well. So um, I'm initiating uh, six monthly tests in the rich household. <laughs> good, excellent. That's good to hear. <laughs> uh yeah good now policies. with the router plugged in to the uh in, into the ups system as well so during this during this lockdown i got another uh toy which i think you've already got or got several of which is the nintendo switch ever i having my yeah. finger on the pulse of you know the modern tech gadget I think I've had two, three normal switches and two switch lights, but they don't survive. Not that I destroy them, but they sit there and I realize that I'm old and don't have time to play them and then feel guilty and get rid of them. Uh, and ah. thus begins the cycle again. So it's, the not, next one. it's not for your kids or anything. They, you did get them for yourself. No, no. They, they are for me. They're too young at the moment, the, the children, to appreciate it. Um, they'd probably just use them as a hammer to yeah. hammer something into the wall. So, um, which have you got one at the moment or not? No, the last one I had was the Switch Lite. I was I was uh, really compelled with the idea of plugging it into the TV. Now I, I held off getting it just because I knew that I kind of knew that I wasn't going to play it enough. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, um, same same here. But I kind of gave in at a you know moment of weakness. I thought, okay. Uh, I'll get it. Maybe I got it around about the same time as my birthday, maybe. So maybe that was an excuse. And I was, I'm, I'm really impressed with it. I know it's old news because everyone's raved about the Switch for ages, but I love the way that you can plug it into the TV and play it away from the TV. That I think that works really well. And of course, Mario Kart on it is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I've got that. The, the problem is I've now got all these digital games that I don't... like. I, they're like going to tempt I, you back to buy it then. Yeah, yeah. But the graphics graphics on Mario Kart are, are, are totally fine, aren't they? You don't really need anything more than that, I don't think. No, and, and, and the problem I had was, which is why I went for a couple of Switch lights as well, is that I don't have the time to sit in front of the television to play it. Yeah. Um, so I, I, for me, it was oh, brilliant. I can now play this mobile um, out and about when I'm, you know, in the car at work, I can pop out. But again, that never, never surfaced. But I certainly, I, I'm more the handheld side of things than the uh, TV. It sounds you're the opposite. You're more TV than handheld. Yeah, I'd prefer to game on a bigger screen. Um, but I still think it's, um, I still think it's pretty good undocked. Uh, screen's decent enough, isn't it? I mean, there's rumours coming out now that they're going to bring an AMOLED one out. Uh, which might do 4K over to the TV, which would be nice. Yeah, so the rumour is, isn't it, is that they're going to keep 720 actually, so they're not breaking compatibility, and they're just going to up it. I think they're going to make it slightly bigger, for so from 6.1 to 7 inches. So, But literally, they don't really have to do anything but get rid of the bezel, do they? Mm, no, exactly, yeah, keep it the same size. And make it AMOLED, and then... Uh, they say don't expect much, though, that realistically you're they're only going to up the performance maybe 10 to 15 percent to achieve that 4k resolution so it's not going to be drastically different it's just going to give that extra resolution yeah option. now as i say i think the graphics on it are perfectly fine for the games that you know the classic nintendo games you don't need the graphics it's typical nintendo's much more. yeah say. exactly it's what they did with the wii as well isn't it so yeah 
I, I've got I play the GameCube all the time, so that is one that I actually do manage to play. I've got I do really like the GameCube again, Mario Kart, and I I, I look past the graphics. Maybe it's because I'm old. Maybe I'm just getting old and graphics mean nothing to me now. It's just about the enjoyability factor. Yeah, I think the GameCube was a good, was probably a good, uh, what do you want to call it, bar where the graphics on the GameCube were good enough for most games to be enjoyed uh, to an adequate level. Do you know what I mean? That's kind of a weird way of saying it. But what I'm saying, I guess, is that the graphics on the GameCube are good enough to do good 3D games, basically. Yeah, what you're saying is the N64 was rubbish because it was the first 3D one. Yeah. The GameCube was good, and then the Wii didn't really progress much from there. I don't think it did, did it, really? I don't think it was that no. much more powerful. Uh, it didn't seem I think it was anyway. probably the same system. Yeah. Literally, just a couple of tweaks here and there in speed. Uh, there wasn't much in it. So, yeah, I'm uh, impressed with this uh, Switch. And um, I've got another gadget. So, obviously, we've, because we've uh, been in lockdown for so long, uh, uh, sort of, there's a long list of gadgets to bring you up to speed with so um you probably would have seen this because this kept uh catching my eye on amazon um and i'm not sure i've seen these sold many other places like um uh, john lewis or curry's or whatever and it's these portable external screens that are they look kind of designed for laptops so it's a bit like you know you can use your ipad as a sidecar on your on your macbook well yeah yeah these in amazon for like it's basically 100 quid to sort of 200 quid range you get like a 15 inch portable uh monitor that connects either through hdmi or usb-c into your laptop or into anything and it's basically like a full hd screen that you can use i oh go on i'll, well, I'll let you finish i got i got <laughs> and it's um it's pretty good uh, and the the interesting thing is that you can connect the switch to it because I think the switch is a little bit fussy about yeah. uh, wanting to go through that dock. But you can actually put a USB-C cable into the switch and into this monitor. It's the AZ Time 15-inch monitor. And then if you give it, it's got the, the monitor itself has got two USBs that sees on. One's for video and one's for power. So if you plug it in to the power and you plug your switch in, uh, it works with the switch. It's really cool. And it's got a mini um, HDMI connector on it as well, if you want to just connect it via HDMI. So it's really flexible in terms of uh, how it works. And you know, I mentioned earlier about a Samsung feature. Well, if you just take a USB-C cable and you plug it into, I mean, I've got, um, what Samsung's have I got? I've got, I've got a Gal- Galaxy S10e and a Galaxy Tab S5e. And both of them can power the monitor over the USB-C and send the video to the USB to the monitor. Um, so you don't need a power brick or anything. You can just connect the little tiny Samsung S10e with a USB-C cable to this external monitor, and it powers it. And you know you've got Dex running on there. And um, I haven't played with Dex for a while, and it's really come on. It's it's uh, it's really impressive. It is very much a um, a desktop environment now. Do you know what I mean? It's usable. You know, they run uh, the browser on there, run apps on there. It's snappy, um, looks great. You know, all the fonts and everything work. The window management is does enough for you to be able to get around. Um, it's really impressive. So looking at it, okay, because I, I had a look at these at the same time. For me, that's probably the only 
redeeming feature of it is let's let's think about this. I'm out. I'm I'm away with work. I'm in a hotel or about, and I don't want to take a computer with me. It's even then though, it is effectively the size of a computer, isn't it? You know, might might be a little bit thinner. Yeah, but if you've it's got a lot la- much lighter than a. Uh, I yeah. mean, my MacBook 12 inch probably roughly the same. Well, oh, yeah, you've still got screen, one of those, haven't you? Yeah. Oh, lovely vintage machine. Um, anyway, that's a tangent. But I have got... So I looked at these, and they're, what, 150, 160 pounds, something like that. This one came at 145, and something like that, which I thought was okay. I got, I've got. i got around this problem because I've got an abundance of monitors in this house for some strange reason. But I'm sat here on the kitchen table with the MacBook Pro at the moment. And I, if I look left... All the way to the top of the fridge. Now, the, this the wife hates this, but right up at the top because it's, it's one of those really tall ones. I've got a monitor sat on there, <laughs> and and if I wanted, if I was sat in here, let's say I wake up early with the kids, and I want to get a bit of work done before work, <laughs> then I would just reach up, grab my fifteen inch monitor, and plug it straight in to the uh, Mac MacBook Pro here, and therefore mm. now I've got dual screens. Um, so it seems an expensive way, and, and I think the one on the top of the thing is just HP one. It's 1080p. It's probably okay. It's probably not as nice color wise. No, I think it probably would be. One. I mean, the, the panel on this is uh, is fine, but it's no, it's not amazing. Do you know what I mean? It's not. It's not an Apple monitor fidelity or anything. It's 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 nice enough. It's probably a tiny bit nicer than I thought it would be, but. It's, what's, uh, what's it like at eye level though as well? Because I'm thinking it's not going to be on a stand, is it? It's no, going to be it's, like it's quite a, low, yeah. I, that's right. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems that it's not, I don't know. I don't want to burst your bubble, James. No, no, because I, I got it as a bit of a, um, you know, curiosity, as a bit of a, a play thing. Um, for the switch, does it have speakers in it? Yeah. Yeah, so for the switch, it's ideal, really, isn't it? It's yeah. like a portable switch. Yeah, exactly. It is a portable yeah. switch because that's that's the one issue. You can never use a games console really with a monitor, can you? Because then you've got to plug in a analog to digital converter or whatever to get some sound from it as well. Yeah, um, and it's um, I mean the the speakers on them are, is is pretty puny, as you might expect, um, mm. and it's not s- super bright, but. You know, it's it's pretty good, and the fact that it's uh, 1080 means that it's it's essentially like a TV to most things. So you can like stick a Fire Stick in there. Um, you can plug your network network TV adapter into it. You know, you can pipe that to it. Yeah, you can do anything. <laughs> well, yeah, you can. You uh, you wouldn't be able to put. You'd have to put some device in the middle of it, but you know, you put a <laughs> Fire Stick on there. You can get the uh, Plex app on uh, Fire Stick, or the you can actually get this uh, HD Home Run. Uh, native app that um, will just stream the live TV. If you just want to watch live TV um, very easily, you just need that single app. But yeah, I mean, it's, it is it is a really flexible uh, screen um, and it's good fun. But um, yeah, if you've got loads of monitors lying around the house, it's probably difficult to find a use case for it. I think what we're saying, James, it's been a long three months, hasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it has been. <laughs> and, and we've been buying things. To, yeah, uh, alleviate alleviate the boredom. Well, no, don't have to put petrol in the car at the moment, do we? <laughs> no, no. So we'll order another monitor from Amazon. Exactly. Yeah, that's the logic. No, no. I, I like I said, I, it's a curiosity. I've I've often looked at them and thought, yeah, because you think iPad sidecar 
Yeah, I might have an iPad with me as well. Um, I suppose it's easy to pop it in a laptop bag, isn't it? Let's be honest. Dual screens when you're out and about in a hotel room. Yeah. You're not going to carry a monitor in a, in a, in a laptop bag, are you? No, you're not. Not a proper monitor. But yeah, I, to be honest, I'm probably not going to be going to many hotel rooms this year to do work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I I, what that. I find I do with the hotel room is I always just put the monitor in the boot of the car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have worked out of hotel rooms, uh, in previous lives for previous jobs, but, um, not just this job, but just this year. I don't think there's going to be much uh, business travel this year, is there? Nah, no, not at all. It's very much uh, home, but at least the children are going back. So happy days. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. Okay, well, it's been great catching up, uh, Dave, and uh, hopefully yep. speak soon. Well, yeah, we will do. Uh, we shall make sure of it. Cool. Have a good one, Dave. See you later. You too. See you later, James. <laughs>